listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. I am Buttress, your wise and benevolent host, here to indulge in the sounds of my own bullshit. What am I doing here? What am I ever doing except meandering, except putting bullshit out into the ether and hoping, hoping that something I say resonates with somebody, but even more importantly, maybe, maybe everything that I do is so self-indulgent and what I really am hoping for is that something resonates back into myself. Where am I going? What am I doing? Who knows? Feeling a little melancholy on this beautiful spring day here in New Jersey. I don't know about you guys, but um, when spring hits, I oscillate between feelings of euphoria and feelings of melancholy. There's something about that dramatic shift in weather that ignites within me the sparks of emotions that really kind of resembles something that might be described as bipolar. But, you know, that's kind of what characterizes spring as a season in general, right? Spring is my favorite season by far. Maybe, for one, because it's my birthday season. My birthday is this upcoming Sunday, the Ides of March. A lot of people say that um, they think their favorite season is influenced by whichever their birthday falls into what do you guys think about this theory i'm not sure if i subscribe to it or not um can't say can't say but i am personally very intrigued by ideas about your birthday greatly influencing your general demeanor personality i mean like i said i was born on the ides of march and i don't know if this is a theory that i've just kind of constructed for myself well i know it's a theory i've constructed for myself i don't know how true it is but i tend to believe that from an early age um you know your birthday is like the most important thing to you i would say uh as a young child for many people, many of us anyway, and I think that we all tend to try to find something cool that happened on our birthday, maybe, or maybe I just did because something cool did happen on my birthday, that thing being the murder of Julius Caesar by uh, the senators, including his best friend Brutus, 
um, from an early age, I just really latched onto that historical event. And I personally think that because I latched so hard to that historical event, uh, that this greatly influenced my own personality. I'm very dramatic. I have a flair for the drama. I just fucking love that drama. And I love grandiose narratives that have to deal with humanity in general. Love and betrayal. Revenge. War. Greatness. Innovation. These are all of the things that deeply, deeply resonate with me as an individual. Very dramatic um, and very relevant to what I've been thinking about today on this melancholy, but also exciting and pleasantly euphoric spring day in New Jersey. <laughs> Humanity, where the fuck are we going? Where have we ever been going? Where have we ever been? You know, I think a lot of us, myself included for a long time, though this is something I'm getting away from, have fallen into this sort of mode where we conceptualize both the history of human civilization and also where we're currently at as being on something that resembles some sort of a trajectory, a path, to something right that's what's insinuated a lot of us talk about history in the broadest sense as being a thing that has demonstrated some sort of advancement right we talk about ancient civilization and being back in the day and this or that as you know something that is in our past and that we have since advanced from. And this is also how we characterize the process of human evolution, right? We talk about evolution and what is evolutionary as processes that are moving us forward into something. What do you guys think about this? How do you feel? What are your feelings? Because remember, this is Phenomenology Club, so we are not facts over feelings, bro. We are feelings influenced by flat facts influencing feelings, bro, up in here. What do you feel about this? Do you feel as if humanity is on a path to something? When you try and think about the history of human evolution, the history of human civilization. What do you feel? <laughs> Getting deep in here. Andrew Finney, the wreckage of my past keeps haunting me. It just won't leave me alone. I still find it all a mystery. Could it be a dream? What, did you murder somebody? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sounds like something happened in that past, Andrew Finney, that you need to reconcile with yourself. <laughs> if you are a murderer, hey, um, seems like you're feeling regret. Uh, if you're grappling with whether or not you should turn yourself in, uh, I say that's up to you. I don't say that <laughs> there's any real looming moral responsibility for you to make a decision here. You do whatever you feel like. In response to the question I just posed, Andrew Finney also says, Yes, we are on a path to death. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's interesting, especially to consider, um, you know, how we characterize as a species these processes of human evolution, um, especially as it relates to the upload I did the other day about medicine and the morality, the ethics of our medicinal institutions. What is the thing that we are trying to prioritize and attain? Is it longevity? Is it the avoidance of death? The avoidance of suffering? Immortality? Hmm? What do we think about this? Casey Marshall says, I think humanity will ultimately destroy itself, not trying to be pessimistic. Hmm. Why do you feel this way, Casey, that we will ultimately destroy ourselves? Um, I think, I'll tell you what I think. I think that just as I am ever critical of about every narrative that has ever emerged in this stupid motherfucking brain of mine. I am just as critical of this narrative that I feel has been fed to me, spoon fed to me with a silver motherfucking spoon. This idea that humanity is advancing towards something, you know. I think that it's a trap. A trap made manifest by our systems of language and logic that we are all trapped in. Something akin to a prison. A prison of meaning. Um, and I think that the more that I read philosophy in particular, the more that I feel more and more firm in my sentiment as it relates to this. I feel that the more I study philosophy in particular, the more I realize, wow, we really are not doing anything. We haven't been doing anything in the longest fucking time. It seems like the only thing we're really doing, the only institution anyway, that seems to demonstrate any sort of advancement towards something, I would say is the institution of natural science, really, uh, and technology and medicine. And even here, I think that's only true for one specific facet of what we are doing, you know. It's only true for certain specific unique goals of these institutions. For example, what I was just speaking about, the prolonging of life, the avoidance of suffering. These are goals that I would say humanity has been on a path towards achieving, and we are achieving it in some demonstrable capacity. But even in these institutions of science and of medicine, I don't really feel as if we've been advancing towards anything. And what are the kinds of things that we also bring up, you know, especially as they relate to our political discussions? By the way, I'm trying to stop saying you know so much. I uh, have listened to the past few uploads and I say you know so much. And you know, god damn it. <laughs> you know what's really annoying about my speech patterns? They're so skit. Can you shut that door, please? I'm trying to focus. Thanks, love you. You know what's really obnoxious about my own speech patterns? This probably relates to this whole discussion about advancing towards nothing and having no goal for anything. What's really obnoxious about my own personal speech patterns is that I spontaneously develop new ones. 
uh, for just some indeterminate amount of time and then it's gone and then a new one happens so right now I'm trying to say you know less but honestly if I just didn't even think about it I would probably naturally stop saying you know within the next few weeks and then it's going to be something else you know god damn it fuck <laughs> I'm so over myself I don't know what it is you know you know god damn it annoying whatever at least it's not the more uh uh commonly criticized ones like 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 I don't say like that much thankfully but maybe I will in a month um if I don't stop saying you know anyway let me keep reading I mean let me read some of the chat get back on track sorry sorry Chris Marquez we are on the path to being a virulent race that spreads to other planets and it's practically impossible to extinguish from the universe. We are the aliens. Wow. SS Retrozone, we are on the path to destroy ourselves just because of misogyny alone. <laughs> you really feel this way? Are you being facetious? Are you trying to poke and prod at me because you know? Ugh, you know. Because you know. I uh, definitely seem to have amassed a bit of a following. Sometimes I feel like I have some edge bros in my audience that particularly like to try and provoke me on the topic of feminism. Um, but I, I am a rock. I am an island. <laughs> I cannot be moved. Okay. Even these topics that affect me on the most personal level, like feminism and misogyny, I still take in a way that one could say, I think, not to toot my own horn, but I think in a way that is very removed, you know. It's true that they upset me on a visceral level. At the same time, I find as if uh, I am rarely upset by others' provocations as they relate to these matters. So, so haters, try, try me, bitch. You cannot move me. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, again, that these are monetized now and there's a super chat option. Throw your fucking money at me, please. What can I do? Can I dance like a fucking monkey? Who's going to give me a super chat? I probably have to cam up again so you can all see how beautiful I am. How pretty I am so you give me some fucking money. Alright, I'm going to keep reading. <clears throat> M, the purpose of evolution is for each generation to get better, quote unquote, at fitting their environment. But I think as humans, we change our environment to fit us. Not saying this is wrong, quote unquote, but it's interesting. Like, are humans actually physically evolving anymore? Or is it just our tech and society evolving? Well, that is really interesting and something we touched on a little bit too in the evolution, not evolution, the eugenics upload was the question of whether or not uh, autism specifically was an evolutionary mutation. This is something that certain scientists uh, put a lot of stock in investigating as a theory. But when you investigate the origins of autism, a lot of scientists actually believe that they can trace back the origin of autism as a genetic phenomena, which many believe that it is, to even, I think, as far back as ancient civilization now. So I think that that's something also to consider and very relevant to this discussion, the idea that even a thing like evolutionary mutation won't be immediately apparent to us in our 
reality, our immediate reality, because it's hard for us to get the full picture at any moment. I mean, how old exactly uh, is the human species? It's hundreds of million, millions years old. Let me get an exact number, at least. Of course, we cannot know for sure, but this is what science typically agrees on how old we are is are you ready two hundred thousand years ago is the earliest fossils of humans but hmm, hold on hold on how old is humanity Well, even if it's only 200,000 years, okay? That's still a pretty fucking long time, especially when you consider... I believe that it's technically longer, they believe. We've been... Or at least maybe the figure I'm citing in my head is, uh, you know, our earliest biological origin. So that would include also our uh, ancestors, I guess, before we became proper humans. But, um... You know, 200,000 years, let's let's just use that as our hypothetical figure for how old we are right now. Civilization is only observable civilization anyway. You know, our oldest remnants of uh, human civilization are only about 6,000 years old. So that seems to many people like fucking forever ago. But what is the percentage of 200,000? What 6,000 is what percent of 200,000. I know some of you are math nerds. Let's see. Do you, can you answer before the internet answers for me? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. You motherfucker. 6,000 is what percent of 200,000? Percentage, bitch. If you don't fucking... I can't multitask right now. This is not... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Let's see. You have about 30 more seconds to answer before the computer. Humanity versus the computer. Let's go. 6,200,000. Go! 3%. Did anyone get it? Oh, Chris, you literally did it right after I did it. I say I win. The computer wins. The computer has crushed you in a competition of intellect. How does it feel? How does it feel to suck my butt? 3%. 3%. <laughs> what is represented in all of our human history as far as we know anything about human civilization. And we, we all pretty much know that this is not even really the origins. But observable human history. 3%. Minimum or maximum rather 3% is the maximum of how long we have actually been here So how long does a thing like an evolutionary mutation actually take to fucking happen, you know? Goddamn goddamn so so perhaps we are evolving I'm sure that we are evolving and experiencing all types of mutations that we might not have even classified yet as mutations But also I'm not a fucking evolutionary scientist. I'm a fucking idiot. I went to art school Okay, and before I was in art school, I was in Jesus school. I know absolutely nothing about evolutionary science. Let me just tell you. But, um, I know too that, uh, 
mutations are observable. So perhaps everything I'm saying is bullshit. You know, this is actually something I would love to talk about one day. I will talk about one day once I've gathered all my thoughts and perhaps watched some uh, documentaries on evolution so I don't fully display to you just how much of a fucking idiot I am when it comes to evolutionary science. But I'm really interested in evolutionary science from a perspective that asks the question of how much we should incorporate a theory of teleonomy into our theories of evolution because teleonomy as some of you know is basically um a word that describes goal-oriented processes and as we all know evolution is often characterized in our natural science curriculums as being a thing that is almost chaotic and has no specific goal you know and uh, you know uh, and basically um you know ah! basically evol evolutionary mutations can happen in a way that ends up being not even beneficial but perhaps even harmful to a group of biological beings because evolution itself obviously has no intentional or conscious process behind it at least this is the way that we've come to understand evolution and so when we say that evolution prioritizes survival um what we're really saying, sort of, is that survival is just the natural consequence or byproduct of evolution. So it's not that evolution really is working towards survival. It's that survival is just the natural byproduct of evolutionary mutations. Because, you know, of course, if you evolved in such a way where you are advantaged and you live longer then of course that will be the natural consequence you survive better <laughs> but you can also uh, mutate in a way that does not advantage you so i'm very interested in this idea specifically because this is something that i think is changing and will likely continue to change in evolutionary theory because as we know all scientific institutions and all scientific theory ultimately is underlied by its philosophy and science the most dramatic transformations we see in our institutions of natural science are accompanied by changes in the underlying philosophy because you can also think of it this way a thing like teleonomy um or the decision to characterize evolution as a more goal-driven process than one that might just be purely mandated by chaos or what we call chaos. Even, even how we have it right now, this idea that uh, survival is a natural byproduct of evolutionary processes, this too is a philosophical decision, you know. We can decide to have an, a theory of evolution that more... Uh, that integrates a theory of teleonomy uh, without it necessarily being true, quote-unquote, in the outside world, you know? We talk often about medicine and science having biases in interwoven into it, and when we talk about it, I think we easily fall into the trap, especially in our current reality, where a lot of times when we hear the word bias itself it's accompanied by some discussion about racism or misogyny or sexism or what have you we start to think of things like uh social bias and stuff but all of 
science itself is biased towards something. Medicine is biased towards finding solutions that uphold our longevity and the avoidance of suffering, right? That's a bias. You wouldn't necessarily characterize it as one, why would you, or something to avoid, but that in and of itself is a bias. Sorry, I'm just meandering. But speaking of evolution, before I get off this topic real quick, something I'm going to talk about soon once I reread the Hegel reading. Did you guys read that, by the way? The, the thing that blew my fucking mind, the introduction to phenomenology of spirit by Hegel. Ever since I read that text, I have been thinking so much about how considering evolution within the realm of this understanding that Hegel established for me in this text, this idea that basically everything and our conception of everything is founded not only on the knowledge of itself, but also its antithesis. Thinking about this, I feel like has really transformed my thoughts on evolution in particular. I think particularly about um, fruit trees. Have you guys ever meditated on the concept of fruit and how it almost seems bizarre? I think this is why people start to entertain theories about simulation and stuff, you know? Why is it that I'm just this being and I can stumble upon a fruit tree in a field and the fruit is there for me to eat? Why can I just stumble upon psychedelic mushrooms and when I eat them I have this amazing fucking trip and get kidnapped by aliens and they show me the building of the ancient pyramids and shit? Huh? It all seems so strangely coincidental. What are the fucking chances that all of this exists? But then reading this Hegel text where he basically talks about how basically our our conception of everything relies on also the knowledge of everything that is not the thing in question to think about yourself for example you know we like to think of ourselves as these standalone entities and that's why we start to fall into the trap of thinking about hey maybe I'm in the matrix maybe none of this is real maybe it's all simulation but when we do this, we sort of negate the fact that the only reason I even believe or feel as if I exist as some independent autonomous being is only because I am surrounded by all of this other shit you know so really my entire existence is predicated on everything that surrounds me and in this way we are mutually dependent on each other there's not just me and then everything else there is only me because there is an everything else and because there is an everything else there is a me Look at that. And thinking about that as it relates to evolution and fruit and all this fucking bullshit. If it's true that we all started in some primordial soup or some bullshit, it all actually begins to make a little bit more sense, you know. I find myself less feeling less quizzical when I ponder something like the existence of a fruit tree because if we all start from the same base elements then it kind of seems to make more sense you know of course the fruit tree exists for me to eat because when it was me and the fruit tree together in this primordial plasma you know it was just this constant flux of things happening and interdependent processes happening simultaneously all the fucking time i begin to think of it almost as like the inner workings of my body you know i don't sit and think to myself isn't it so weird that my digestive system does that and my heart also does this because I already know that I exist as a functioning unit, you know, every process in my body clearly benefits and interacts simultaneously with all of these other processes going on at the same time and they're all mutually beneficial and all work towards this kind of shared goal. 
which culminates in the totality of me and my being and all of my biological functions. When I think of evolution and things like my relationship as a human that eats the fucking fruit tree, this actually begins to make more sense if I conceptualize that we all come out of the same base conditions. And in this way, you know, of course, of course, all of these mutually beneficial relationships emerge because perhaps I and the fruit tree represent something sort of akin to the inner workings of my biological systems. You feel me? What the fuck am I talking about? Am I going anywhere? Where am I going? What the fuck are we doing? Guys, guys help help where are we going uh we're gonna go wherever the fuck i say we're going to go right here to phenomenology club the reason that i said not too long ago that the more i read philosophy the more the more i feel as if we are not really going anywhere um and i begin to feel as if everybody who starts to characterize the the whole, the totality of human evolution and human history is being on a path to somewhere and I'm skeptical of this attitude is because um, I read, reading Aristotle's metaphysics, when did Aristotle write metaphysics? Those of you who are in our book club know that Aristotle's metaphysics is some heavy motherfucking shit. And I was somebody who, it kind of became a joke, it was like a meme in my own life that I hated Aristotle, because before I read metaphysics, the only thing I had ever read by him was um, the Nicomachean Ethics, which I find to be kind of a, an absurd text, specifically when he's speaking about the acquisition of virtue and how basically all virtues exist on a spectrum. And if you find yourself to be like, um, a very angry person, the way that you can remedy this reality is basically by treating uh, <laughs> your knowledge that you're an angry person in a way where, okay, since I know I'm very angry, I'm going to force myself to be super nice. And if I force myself to be super nice enough, eventually I will reach some sort of an equilibrium. I basically have to overshoot and do the exact opposite thing of what I feel myself to be doing to reach some perfect stasis where now I am virtuous, which I just found to be absurd. But I also was some snobby little fucking art school bitch that just graduated Christian school and thought I knew everything, which I did not. And reading metaphysics as an adult years later, uh, after all of this time I spent hating Aristotle, mostly as a joke, but you know, I realized I'm a fucking idiot. Metaphysics is some deep ass shit. And reading it, I was like, God damn, this sounds like Heidegger. Basically, <laughs> Heidegger is is... 20th century Aristotle and it really blew my mind because it's like wow Aristotle wrote this in what year was this come on Google you're really fucking me up today I'm over you maybe technology isn't even advancing either oh my god fuck <laughs> why is everything so fucking funny Aristotle wrote this in if you don't fucking tell me when Aristotle wrote metaphysics Whatever, what century did this motherfucker live in, okay? Look, he was born in 384 BC, okay? Great. So that's however many years ago. A long-ass fucking time ago. And then Heidegger comes around and basically just gives us Aristotle again. And Heidegger, <laughs> Heidegger is considered by many to be one of the last influential philosophers ever, you know? Uh, 
which is just crazy, you know? We came all this way, and what the fuck have we done? It makes me think also of um, the institution of Western painting. This is something that I personally find to be super fucking hilarious. Look at the history of painting. The earliest paintings that we've ever discovered by humans are cave paintings that are super abstract. You know, their handprints, their little stick people with bird heads, all of this kind of funny, super abstract shit. A lot of it is even uh, non-representational. Lines and stuff, very graphic, very graphic, very abstract. Then we spend centuries and centuries trying to almost perfect something uh, that is akin to like hyper-realistic portraiture. And we invest so much time in these ideas about the divine and uh, vision and, and all of this metaphysical bullshit we incorporate into our very institutions of representational painting. We sort of assume that the mode of painting itself is to be representational. And then the fucking 20th, 20th century rolls around and then fucking jazz and all this other shit happens. <laughs> And we just go right back to what we were doing with the cave paintings. And everything now is just abstract again. And now to be a, a representational painter is almost seen as like you're some fucking stuffy, stuffy boomer. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it. It's almost depressing in one incarnation. But if you do enough uh, psychedelics and think about it, you will laugh your fucking ass off. It's kind of hilarious. Everything is absurd. Where are we going? What the fuck are we doing? Andrew says, have you read Being in Time, Buttress? I have read a bunch of it. I have not read all of it. Um, but that is the only Heidegger text I have ever read any of. And my personal thoughts on that, though, I will... I will remain skeptical of my own feelings on it because, as I know, I am prone to making rash judgments and then I regret them later when I become older and wiser and more benevolent and soft in my old age. But my impressions of being in time is that it's beautifully written and it almost functions, in my opinion, as poetry more than anything philosophically groundbreaking, you know. Like I said, I think it kind of is like a reiteration of Aristotle in certain ways, uh, which I just find to be hilarious, because how many thousands of years after Aristotle are we by now? So, again, the question remains, where are we going? <laughs> Sign says, oh God, I forgot about jazz. Casey Marshall, everything is jazz. That's so true. I don't know if this is true, but I read it on the Wikipedia for North Korea. I hope it's true because it's so funny. I heard that they call all foreign music or all Western music jazz, <laughs> which I find to be hilarious. Um, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but if it is true, I imagine that it has something to do with the fact that various... Uh, schools of thinkers have come to characterize jazz as an art form as uh being a thing that is kind of nihilistic you know uh i heard you know i heard that adorno specifically i haven't read his critique of jazz so i don't want to defame the man if i'm wrong but i heard that adorno really hated jazz for this reason he said that it was nihilistic we're embracing the absurd and the futility of everything and that's kind of where we have come to in philosophy, too, right? It kind of feels like we're at an impasse. Is that how you say this word? Impasse. Impasse. French. 
Is this jazz? This is jazz. Tiny Toad. Tiny Toad is my favorite Phenomenology Club member. Sorry. Not to hate on any of the rest of you, but one night, uh, the most memorable night in Phenomenology Club history, we have a book club series, as some of you know, um, and our Leibniz and Spinoza meeting inexplicably ended up going for five hours. And this person, Tiny Toad, not to put you on blast, Tiny Toad, <laughs> But Tiny Toad was there the whole time, literally said nothing. I don't think we'd ever even talked to you before. And then randomly at the end, you started talking. Like, you were just here for five hours. No one has ever even spoken to you. You're just a champion. I love you. You're like a ghost. You're the ghost that haunts Phenomenology Club. Thank you for popping in for this reminder that everything is jazz. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say something, and I forgot. Is there... I'm reading a comment. Is there a very, is there a way which leads from primordial time to the meaning of being? Well, what could be the meaning of being? Are we working towards a meaning of being? Heidegger might say so, you know. This is kind of what his work, being in time, is a little bit preoccupied with. A focus on being itself. What is it? Um, oh, love you too, Tiny Toad. Never change, never change. Well, okay, I know where I want to take this. I know where I will lead us because this is all about making decisions, right? All of these things that I am just meandering and going nowhere about um, all come back for me, ultimately, to the idea of doing and of responsibility, you know? Responsibility, I think, is a thing that we can see almost as a natural consequence of the structuring of everything and the nature of being. I don't see responsibility to do as some moral obligation, but I feel as if doing is the natural mode of just about everything. Kind of how we come to characterize evolution as a thing that naturally prioritizes survival. Whether or not this process is intentional or conscious, which it very well could be, or it very well could not be, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, what matters is the philosophy that we come up with to characterize this process itself. This is how I feel about everything and about what we can do about any of it. We can do something because doing is what we naturally do. Can I get an amen? We all are always doing something. Even if I sit and try to do nothing, then I am doing the act of sitting and trying to do nothing. I cannot escape this mode of doing. So clearly, if humanity is doing anything, it is doing something. And that's really all we need to concern ourselves with. Can I get an amen? So basically, if I know that we cannot escape this mode of doing, no matter how much I sit around and think on the futility and the absurdness of everything and how everything really is jazz, <laughs> then clearly, I think naturally, I will come to favor what I find to be the most effective ways of doing anything. And this, my brothers, my sisters, my human peers, is why ultimately I am a disciple of phenomenology. Because this is the very purpose of 
phenomenology. The purpose of phenomenology is to identify the reality that we are naturally trapped in a mode of doing that is manifest from our physical reality, the very, the very conditions of being, period, as I exist as a being that is in some sort of observable reality, whatever the fuck this jazz shit is. If this is true, then clearly we must do something <laughs> and we must do what we think will help us do something in the most effective ways of doing possible. And phenomenology aims to be essentially like a natural science, a natural science that is studying our very modes of being and of doing what comes most naturally to us. <laughs> Everything is jazz. Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo! Andrew Finney says, damn, that's profound shit, buttress being, responsibility, and doing. This is why I watch your shit. I'm glad that it resonates with you, Andrew. This is definitely how I feel about everything. Um, and I, I love to hear from others that this empowers them, this message, you know. Because I think from a wider perspective or from a certain vantage point, a lot of people on paper consider my general worldview to be almost nihilistic or something, you know. But what my worldview I think is ultimately really characterized by is a feeling of of great empowerment personally, um, that as humans we are by nature, beings that do things. And that is, for myself, the meaning of life. That's the meaning of everything. The meaning of myself is to be myself. And what is myself? A human organism and this big old motherfucking world, you know? So, ultimately, I, my purpose, what guides me, what guides me is myself, my very biology. All of this exists in the natural world. The natural world is jazz, you know. Everything is natural, which you know if you watched our What is Natural upload, you know. So, fuck all this shit. We are not searching for meaning. We are not on a path to find meaning. If we are on a path to anything, I would say it is this process, this never-ending process of doing. We are always creating something. I would say that the mode of really anything that has any sort of limbs is one of creation, going beyond itself. And this, of course, is a poetic characterization of everything. This is not definitively true. This is a human construct that I'm using to characterize these natural processes I observe around me in my observable universe. And to many people, that idea is depressing. They want to, I don't know, think that something else mandated this set of conditions that makes this or that true. But why? Why? How fucking, what, why, why would that bring you satisfaction? What could be more satisfaction than the knowledge that anything we have ever been working towards or done, anything that you might consider admirable, and even the construction of the concepts themselves that, that are allowing you to have these sorts of arguments in your own fucking head with yourself, yearning for a god or a meaning or an afterlife or the DMT fucking elves? These are all invented by you, by us. We did it all, bitch. Isn't that awesome? 
isn't that awesome. The very tools you have to sit and meditate on your own existence and how everything is fucking jazz is something given to you by your human ancestors. That is fucking badass. Don't you think? Can I get an amen? So. So. <laughs> so. This is what I say. I say that we are not on a path to anything, but we also are not not on a path to anything. Ultimately, what determines if we are on a path to anything is us. Do we decide that we are on a path to something? Do we want to be on a path to something? Then let's fucking do it. What do you guys want to do? We can do whatever the fuck we want. Do we want to create medicine that prioritizes our longevity? Do we want to reach immortality? Then let's fucking do it. All we need to do is assign a goal and work towards it. But without a goal, of course, then we will never advance towards anything. And I think on an individual level, the same can be true, you know. Nothing will ever be accomplished unless a goal is outlined. So this general attitude that a lot of people have, that humanity is on some natural course to something, I think that we should reject this, you know. Because clearly we will never get anywhere with this sort of attitude. If we want to go somewhere, if we want to do something, then we have to decide exactly what it is we want to do. And then we have to fucking do it. So let's fucking do it, guys. Can I get one more fucking amen? I'm gonna get out of here. Please give me a thumbs up. I hope that this message inspired you. I hope that you go fucking do something. Whatever the fuck you want. Isn't that crazy? You could do whatever the fuck you want. Even drugs. Give me a thumbs up. Because I fucking said so. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you to please, please. I would never tell you what to do. I'm asking kindly. If you like jazz, please give me a thumbs up. Um, and I hope that you're inspired. I'm going to go do some motherfucking stuff using technology. Look at that. Love you all. You're all amazing, incredibly intelligent, wonderful beings by fact of your very existence. You could be the dumbest, most evil person in the eyes of all of us, myself included. And even you are fucking awesome. You have hands. Look at your hands. What the fuck is this shit? Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? What are hands? God damn, I love it. Ugh, this place is so cool. I never want to leave. I love it here. I hope you all learned to love it here too. You're all amazing. I'll talk to you later.